Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Here for the Crack with me, Emma Neal. I hope you're all doing well. Oh my god, I just want to thank you all so much for all your support with the last podcast, the learning to accept yourself episode, the amount of messages I got from you guys just thanking me for it was crazy. It's just so nice to know that just me sitting down in my bedroom chatting shit can have that much of an impact on so many people. So thank you so, so much. I was literally in tears reading some of the messages and we got in the UK charts or in the Ireland charts. It's incredible. But yeah, I'm so, so glad you guys loved that episode. I loved making it. It was one that was kind of long overdue. Well, not long overdue. I've just been like really, it's been highly requested and I've been thinking about it for so long and it just felt like the right time to record it. And I was really, really proud of it. You know, sometimes I do podcasts and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I don't know. Just, you know, when it's just like girly chats ones and stuff, I'm like, does anyone actually care? <laughs> But then there's times when I'm editing, um, for example, like last week when I was doing the Learning to Accept Yourself episode and I was just so proud of it. Oh, actually, sorry, I'm forgetting that there is another episode between that one and this one. There's a Girly Chats episode. I do love the Girly Chats episodes and everyone else seems to love them, but sometimes I just think they're a little bit overdone. Like I think everyone that has a podcast does the the advice kind of episodes, you know? Anyway, last time I spoke to you, I told you I was going home for the weekend, which was last weekend, to go and see Joanne McNally with my mum on the Friday night, and then my brother was having his 20... I thought it was his 21st. Turns out he's actually his 22nd, which makes a lot more sense, because my sister only turned 21, like, a month ago, so I don't know how I got that confused. I'm not the best when it comes to ages, to be honest. Like, I forget my own age half the time. When I get put on the spot and someone asks me my age, I actually forget, like, nine times out of ten. I have to really think about it. Anyway, Joanne McNally was... Of course, it, she was incredible. It was such a good night. It was so funny. Did not stop laughing the whole time. Uh, we actually went to Common Market in Belfast for a bite to eat and a wee drink before we went. We got food from the Mexican stand called Al Pastor. I've got from there before and it's really, really good. Always hits the spot. So I got the cauliflower tacos. I think mum got like a chicken and chorizo quesadilla. And then we both got, I don't know if I'm saying this wrong, but elotes elotes i don't know i could be completely butchering that it's like this grilled mexican corn that's like got all these nice spices and then it's got like crushed up doritos type of thing on it with coriander and oh my god they are literally divine and we got guac and chips to share 10 out of 10 highly recommend going to common market it's just good vibes as well and it's so close to the SSE. If you're ever going to something there, it's really easy because you can just literally walk across the bridge and you're there. We popped into the Heart Bar on the way home for a little drink and a dance. They've always got live music on in there. It's so fun. And it's always such a funny crowd in there, do you not think? Like, it's such a mix of ages and people from here, there and everywhere. I don't know. I love the Heart Bar. I think it's hilarious. What do we do then? Oh, next night, sorry, was my brother's birthday. So I thought he was just having, like a pre and everyone was going out but turns out they were all staying at the house and there's something really weird about getting ready to not leave your house do you know what I mean it's like it was giving me lockdown vibes when you would go up to your room and do do your makeup and all put on a different outfit get ready to just come downstairs and sit in the kitchen I mean obviously it was different for everyone else because they were praying and then coming to our house but it just felt very strange I didn't really know what to do with myself then when I found that out 
But it was still really fun and really nice to see my family. Me, my sister and my boyfriend were all drinking tequila pineapple all night. And let me tell you, is that a good mix? And actually specifically, <laughs> not to sound like a posh wanker, but the M&S pineapple and lime juice. Oh my God. It saves you from cutting up limes and putting fresh limes into it. So it's worth the extra money. Actually, do you know what? It's probably not even that much more expensive than getting pineapple juice in Tesco. Highly recommend it. And I didn't even get a hangover. I mean, I was really tired because does anyone else ever get this when, well, I mean, yeah, loads of people do get this, when you've been drinking and you literally cannot for the life of you have a lie-in. Like, all I want to do is sleep. My boyfriend is literally conked out for 12 hours and there's no waking him. And even if he does wake up, he'll go straight back to sleep and literally sleep on until like two o'clock in the afternoon. And I wish I could do that because he'd wake up feeling so fresh. But every time I just wake up like seven or eight. I think it's partly because alcohol fucks with like your deep sleep. And then it also, then also probably just because of like your regular body clock. But I don't know, because if it was your regular body clock, then everyone else would be getting up early too because everyone else gets up early during the week I don't know anyway I hate it (laughs) and I was the only one up to let the guys come in and like pack down the gazebo and the tables and the chairs and all so I had to let them in the house so they could do all that and then all I could hear for two hours straight was just like the clattering and clambering are those two things even words I don't know they sound like they're words so yeah all I could hear was like the smashing of all these these workmen like collapsing everything and throwing them into the truck and I was like oh my god this is literally this is a torture method I swear they must do this somewhere as a torture method <laughs> I'm lying there trying to sleep it's broad daylight and all I can hear is the loud sounds of things being chucked onto a lorry no no thank you and then my family had the cheek later on in the day to turn around and be like, oh yeah, the guys came and took everything down and got the speakers and all and no one even batted an eyelid, no one woke up. And I was like, are you joking? I let them into the house at eight o'clock this morning. Anyway, it was a lovely weekend, good people, good vibes, just good everything, to be honest, even a good hungover Sunday, even though I wasn't that hungover, like I said. But yeah, started The Watcher on Netflix which is pretty good. I think we got two episodes into that. But you know what? Do you remember in my uni advice, going back to uni advice podcast that I did in September, and I specifically said, <laughs> do not go home in your first term because it will throw you off and it will unsettle you and you will get homesick when you come back. And Jesus Christ, should I have listened to my own advice? Well, actually, that's a lie. I shouldn't have because there was no way on earth I was ever gonna miss that do you know what I mean I was not gonna just stick out being in Leeds for the sake of not going home when I had the opportunity to go home and see Joanne McNally and go to my brother's birthday however I will say that Tuesday back in Leeds because I didn't leave until Monday afternoon or Monday evening but Tuesday back in Leeds was a rough one. Oh my god I was in the pits and it just happened to coincide exactly with the first day of my period. So not only did I have, you know, the post-home back to uni depression, I also, I was hit with a double whammy and I had first day of period depression. It's mad what your hormones can do as well. I was sitting there thinking, I'm not even going to say what I was thinking. 
you think it's the end though don't you you think that your life is never how do I I don't even know how to put it into words the things that go through your head are mental and I'm not one of those people like I have a friend one of my good friends she recognizes every month that it is just her hormones and it is just her period and she's like it's fine like I'll be okay tomorrow I'm just having a rough day but this is why but for some reason I really struggle even though (laughs) it was literally day one of my period like you'd think I would clock on but I struggle to realize that actually this is temporary and this is just a day one or day two of my period and it's just my hormones saying these things right now. So I really get into my head and I convince myself, oh my god, I'm spiraling, I'm gonna go into another bad time of my life, just like thinking the worst of the worst and then a day later and you're like, oh that was a bit dramatic, wasn't it? I'm myself convinced I was failing uni. I'm myself convinced that I have no career ahead of me. I have nothing to look forward to. I'm myself convinced that I was going to get kicked off my dance team. The list goes on and then the next day I was back to normal and I was up doing my normal routine and that was that. <laughs> but yeah, it is, this is the thing about doing long distance, isn't it? Is that, I mean, anyone else that's doing long distance will probably be able to relate it's like you see each other I mean this is doing long distance and seeing every seeing each other every three weeks it's not like not seeing each other for months at a time but yeah this is what I feel like is the cycle of long distance within that time frame okay so you leave each other it's very dramatic there's tears all around well just on my part actually (laughs) Um, and then you know, the first two days, you miss them. First three days. Actually, first week, you know, you just really miss them. You miss going to bed with them beside you. You miss waking up with them. Blah, blah, blah. And then you get into your own routine, your own habits. You get used to your life a bit more. You enjoy the time you do get to talk to them on FaceTime, whatever it is. So you start to get into the the flow of things and you're like you know what this isn't too bad I'm gonna see them soon yeah so let's say a week of missing a week of getting into the flow and then that last week before seeing them it's just excitement because you're no you know it's only a week away you know you're counting on the day so it's just pure excitement and then you do see them it's the best time ever you know there is something to be said actually about not that I would want to do it for any longer than you have to but like the fact that when you then do get to see each other it's such a fun exciting time because you've been waiting for this moment so it's like the anticipation all that you see them have the best it's usually only three days so you have the best three days and then bam back to square one and the cycle continues over and over and over again and it just feels like you're very up and down all the time you know you're never just stable it does throw me off a lot like that first week is always a bit of a tough one I'm not gonna lie okay I don't even know how we got here sorry but let's move on to my recommendation of the week which actually this is very relevant to what I was literally just talking about so it's a new app and it's currently my favorite app because it's very cute so basically I was on TikTok obviously when am I not on TikTok when am I not talking or referencing something about TikTok And this guy, he must have been some tech whiz. 
And for his girlfriend's birthday, he made her this app. And it was basically like a little app that you can like leave little photos, like surprise photos. So you don't get a notification. You'll just open your phone to do something and you'll have a wee surprise photo there of your partner doing it. And it can have a little message on it as well. So I said partner there because that's why he created the app was for his partner. But obviously you can do it with friends as well. But yeah, he created this little app and they would leave each other little photos throughout the day and little messages throughout the day. And it's just on your home screen. It's like a little widget. And then I think she posted a TikTok of it or something and it just like blew up out of nowhere. I don't want to say it was number one, but it was like one of the top, one of the most downloaded apps on the app store. So it popped up on my For You page and I was like, oh, this is cute. Let's download this. And I just absolutely love it. I love just getting little surprise pickies and surprise messages. And I love leaving them and saying, I miss you and I love you. And it's just really cute. I'm sorry to be soppy. Did I even say the name of it? It's called Locket Widget. As in L-O-C-K-E-T Widget. Okay, let's move on to this week's topic. We're going to talk about dating and like your non-negotiables in dating, your major red flags, what you think it's important to agree with or, you know, if it's okay to disagree with certain things. So yeah, let's get straight into it. So what is a non-negotiable when you're dating? A non-negotiable is basically something that it doesn't matter how much you fancy them, how much you're physically attracted to them, how good of a person they are in other areas if they don't have or they don't believe it doesn't matter what it is like if they don't have this one thing you're out they say that you should I I don't know who they is but (laughs) they say that you should when you've come out of a breakup and you're newly single and then you want to start dating again they say that you should write in your notes on your phone on your laptop on a in a journal whatever it is write down some non-negotiables because I think what happens when you're dating is that it's very easy to want to date and to want to be you know to want someone to be the perfect person to want them to be a certain way so you kind of convince yourself that they are a little bit or maybe not convince yourself that they are but kind of like ignore red flags and kind of pass some things over because you're like ah whatever The thing is as well about non-negotiables is that more than likely it's going to become an issue down the line if it genuinely is a non-negotiable for you. If you choose to ignore that they don't have that non-negotiable and then a year down the line it's like okay do you know what this is actually a bit of a problem because this is one of my non-negotiables and it's like well you knew that from the start and you chose to carry on with this. I think the thing is you can get so blindsided when you're in that like lust kind of situation with someone and you just think they're the best person and you it's a very exciting time you know you love spending time with them it's everything's new everything's fun and you're kind of just yeah you're you're just blindsided by that I guess and you don't really think about those non-negotiables essentially especially if you haven't written them down I've never actually done this so I mean I'm saying this but (laughs) yet to yet to follow the advice on this situation but yeah let's give a few examples what are my non-negotiables in a relationship let me think god I should have written this down before I recorded this because now I can't think of any okay actually this is a big one for me 
It's huge, actually. I don't think I could go out with someone that was like this. So I do not care what diet you follow. I don't care if you're a meat eater. A lot of I feel like a lot of people would think that I would only go for someone who's vegetarian or vegan. I do not give a flying fuck what you choose, what diet you choose to follow. That is your prerogative, not mine. You could be vegetarian, you could be a meat eater, you could be vegan, you could be gluten-free. It's nothing to do with me. What I really hate is when people are very close-minded about it. You know those men and they are just so anti-vegan, anti-vegetarian, would turn their nose up at even trying an alternative, wouldn't even consider going to a veggie restaurant. You know, maybe if you're on holiday and you're there for four nights and maybe out of those four nights, there's one night you want to go to this vegan restaurant that you've heard amazing reviews about. And to be honest, the fact that it's vegan is completely irrelevant in this situation because it is so highly recommended. And But then even then they turn around and they're like, no, I'm not going to a vegan restaurant. That kind of mentality and behavior turns me. I just think get up off your high horse. Like food is food. You got to be open to trying things. Who knows? Maybe you'll end up like really liking some vegan alternative that you would have never tried before. And now you can opt for that option when you go to McDonald's or when you go to Burger King or something, because it actually doesn't taste any different. And you're making a bit of an impact by doing that. Do you know what I mean? I just, yeah, people that are close-minded about vegan and vegetarianism, that is a big no for me. Like if I sat down on a first date with someone and I told them I was vegan and they were like, what? You're vegan? You know, had that kind of reaction. Has anyone seen Married at First Sight? And the gay couple, the two girls, and the the one finds out that the other one's vegan and she is like, she literally can't wrap her head around it. And she thinks it's going to be a huge issue in their relationship. And she's like, I don't want you to push your food on me and all this kind of stuff it's like oh my god have a day off another thing for me now this is no like I'm not against people smoking weed whatsoever I've always been around people smoking weed you know most of my friends do all of my partners have done as well to a certain extent but what I couldn't do is be with someone who is like a full-on stoner and like smokes every night of the week and it affects everything in your relationship because they never want to do anything apart from like sit in and smoke and watch tv and eat food that would really annoy me I think yeah that's a non-negotiable for me 100% and what I hate even more than that is then those same people being like like complaining that they don't have any money to do things and it's like babes all your money's going in weed why do you think you have no money my next non-negotiable is being pro-choice I could never never date someone that is anti-choice. I've decided I'm not using the term pro-life anymore. Do you know what? I was literally just before this, I was listening to Alex Cooper from Call Her Daddy. I was listening to her abortion episode. If you haven't listened to it already, I would highly recommend you go and listen to it. It was very moving. It was so good. One of her best podcasts I've ever listened to. I love that she's covering like important topics like this now and using her platform like that because she has a crazy big audience. Yeah, it was very emotional. There was times I was like holding back tears. But yeah, I could not be with an anti-choicer. It's giving misogyny. Not about that. Another one for me that has definitely come to light more in recent years and that it's more important to me is being able to reflect after 
say an argument or something happened and to be able to reflect and apologize and know that you're you've been in the wrong and that you shouldn't have done that and moving forward what you're going to do I think so many people are brought up in including myself I have a very stubborn family (laughs) I love my family to bits but we're all as stubborn as get out and I think so many people are the same like we're brought up with it's kind of like this power dynamic when with your parents when they're you know when you're a kid okay and they're older than you and obviously they have authority over you and they're gonna shout at you when you misbehave and they're gonna you know do all that stuff and that is completely within their right to do so however there are times when your parents are in a bad mood and do maybe take it too far say something that actually your behavior didn't warrant or you do you know what I mean there's just times where actually whatever you did was not deserving of their reaction And it happens for a multitude of reasons. It could be hormonal. It could be you had a bad day at work. It could be miscommunication. It could be anything. And a lot of the time, I think parents in those situations are almost like not scared to apologize, but scared to admit as the adult that they, that they were in the wrong slightly and that they should apologize. And because of that, then we create this like, here's me overanalyzing absolutely everything but we kind of create this thing where everyone's just like refusing to apologize for things and people are just like incredibly stubborn and won't recognize when actually that was wrong of them to do and they should have apologized for that and I see it amongst all of us and I have really had to try and change that behavior one well first of all for myself because it just doesn't work for when you're in relationships to be stubborn like that it doesn't benefit anyone it only causes you more trouble and then when I learned that from relationships then I went back to my family and was like okay (laughs) here's what's gonna happen no I didn't I didn't do it like that it was more like if there was ever a situation I would kind of step in and be like you need to apologize for that and I'm not saying this in a way that like oh I know better than them it's not like that whatsoever I think just because I had to recognize it within previous relationships and I had to improve on it, then I can really easily see like, for example, if my bro- if my dad like lashes out at my brother for something that literally he hasn't even done, it's just been a big miscommunication and there's this big palaver and then I have to be like, dad, do you see now that this was not like this that did not warrant your reaction like that was crazy you need to apologize for that and then he's like yeah okay I'm sorry (laughs) it's such a like stubborn apology but at least at least you're getting there and I'm not just saying this about my dad by the way this is the same with everyone in my family we're all as bad as each other for it it's like when you want an apology out of someone in my family you literally have to shake them and tell them (laughs) explain to them on baby terms what happened and why they need to apologize and then eventually you'll get a wee under the breath sorry (laughs) but you gotta take it yeah I think I just really value that now in other people and looking back on how I was maybe three four years ago I'm like that's disgusting (laughs) like my stubbornness to not ever want to apologize even when I evidently needed to is gross and I'm glad I've changed that. This is my last non-negotiable that I can think of so this is number four. I don't know what's like a normal how long should your non-negotiable list be? I feel like four is a good length four or five is probably a good length. 
My fourth one is they must get on with my family. I do not know what I would do if my partner did not get on with my family. What would you actually do? I am such a family person. I spend so much time at home, so much time with my parents and not just like in the house, but also like going out for dinner and going on walks. And I just spend a lot of time with them. I speak to them on the phone all the time. I genuinely do not know what I would do if I couldn't involve my partner in that. It would just make things so awkward. And would probably just be a huge reflection on them as well, if anything, because like my family are the easiest people to get on with and they're very welcoming and very loving. So if my partner didn't get on with them, that would be like a big, no, just big red flag. That's It's a him issue. I put up a poll on my story to see what your guys' non-negotiables were. So I'll read out some of them, maybe get some inspiration. First one is they must drive. Oh, I feel this, you know, I do. I had a boyfriend once who couldn't drive and it was a fucking pain in the arse. (laughs) Someone said they must not have kids. Feel awful for saying that, but I want all the attention. Oh, I really like this one. They must like the same foods and spice as me. (laughs) This just, this would wind me up so much you know my so my brother and his girlfriend she Beth hates anything spicy she cannot cope with spicy food whatsoever and my brother is the complete opposite he wants the spiciest option wherever you can go like the hottest Nando's the hottest salsa in Boojum adding the Naga sauce like he wants all the spice he can get I think it's really infuriating for him. Like anytime they're cooking, he can't add spice to the food. You've got to add, he's got to add it then like after on his plate using sauce and chili flakes and things. And anyone who likes spicy food knows it's just not the same as when it's cooked with it. You know, when you're cooking foods and you use the spice, there's you get a way deeper, like richer kind of spice. It's more, it's a more full body spice. Am I talking shit here? I don't know. Anyway, it must be infuriating. <laughs> so yeah, I kind of get this. And I'm sorry, Beth, for writing you like this. <laughs> the freedom to have lives outside of each other. Not a Tory. No topless selfies. <laughs> if they have cheated on a past partner or have a bad relationship with their mother. They must be smart. It sounds bad. But I once had a Tinder hookup and he asked if I really read books. Oh no. (laughs) Excitement. Yes, definitely agree with this. It's a big no if they are homophobic. Agree. They must be a feminist. Completely agree with this one. And look, I'm not talking, they don't have to be a fucking feminist activist. But they have to have the fundamental belief that women are equal to men and should have equal rights. See, the thing is with this though as well is that we live in such a misogynist society that I think everyone, even women, have misogyny built into them. Like we all do. But still, yeah, must must identify as a feminist. They must have good manners. Yes! Oh my god, how did I not think of this? If someone doesn't have good manners, doesn't hold the door open for you, doesn't say please and thank you, is rude to waiters, oh, sorry people that are rude to waiters get a life honestly get a life they must make me feel like a priority they must not be in contact with their ex yeah I mean I think if 
I think there's kind of conditions to this though because if before their previous relationship they were friend in the same friend group as their ex and then after they're still going to be in that same friend group it's kind of like an inevitable that they're gonna there's going to be a level of communication of some form like they might happen to be at the same places but as long as there's no active like messaging each other or going out of their way to see each other you know like that's really weird if it's more just a oh I'm going to this place and they're going to be there and I'll probably say hello but that's it there's boundaries then I think that's okay I'm getting a lot of responses of people saying that they must have the same political beliefs and I actually put up a poll straight after this question to see if that was like an important thing for people. It seems to be a very important thing for people, which I do understand because like, for example, here someone said, same political beliefs, not wasting time on someone who's spreading hatred disguised as politics. Someone said political and social awareness. I agree with this. There's nothing worse than people that are just so unaware of the world around them like, and they just don't care to be aware. It's giving privilege. <laughs> My next question box was, what are your major red flags that if you discovered on a first date, there definitely wouldn't be a second one? Now, this kind of goes hand in hand with non-negotiables because a non-negotiable could be a thing that they must have or a thing that they must not have and like a red flag. Do you know what I mean? I feel like they're kind of the same thing, but also kind of not, if that makes sense. (laughs) Um, But yeah, let's read out some of your major red flags. If they say anything remotely like not all men. (laughs) Discrimination against any group of people and obvious signs of toxicity. Someone who talks badly about other people. If they hate dogs. If they're in contact with an ex. If they try to belittle me. If they're rude to the waiter. Bragging about the amount of women he has slept with, bracket 72 to be exact. (laughs) Why on earth, why on God's earth would you say that on a first date? If they talk more about themselves, if they talk about their exes too much, (laughs) what? If they have their toes and feet out driving, (laughs) what? Just like barefoot? That terrifies me. (laughs) What? I don't think I've ever driven barefoot, but the thought is not... Yeah, it's not nice. Discovering that his mum still does everything for him. Justifying Andrew Tate. Oh my god. I think I'd be out of there in a heartbeat. I wouldn't even do the texting your friend to get them to save you and ring you and say there's an emergency. I'd literally just get up and leave if they're on their phone the whole time that's so surely no one does that does anyone actually go on a first date and just sit on their phone that's so awkward if they call their ex-girlfriend a psycho yeah this doesn't sit well with me because what did you do to make her a psycho and why are you talking so badly of someone that you loved if they showed up wearing skinny jeans if they're not exotic eaters and order chicken nuggets and chips at every restaurant (laughs) Oh, it's the worst. Okay, the next thing I put up on my story, I've already mentioned this, was do you think it's important to have the same uh, political beliefs as your partner? And this got 65% yes and 35% no. 
I think it's not so much that you need to necessarily vote for the exact same party, but maybe more that you need to like have the same beliefs when it comes to certain political matters. I don't know though, I think who you vote for does say a lot about who you are and what you believe in as a person. I did get some messages with regards to this from people from Northern Ireland being like, yeah, because think of like our parents being like Catholic and Protestant. Can I just remind you that that's not a political belief? (laughs) That is literally two branches of the same religion and that's why it's so ridiculous that people are so against that. People love to get politics and religion confused in Northern Ireland. So yeah, just here to remind you that they're not the same thing. The next question was, do you think it's important to have the same values as your partner? And this was 97% yes and 3% no. And I'm shocked it even got 3% no. Like who are the 3% of people voting no there? If you don't, (laughs) if you don't have the same values as your partner, they're like your core, you know, your core values that you literally live by. They determine like everything in your life. They determine what you prioritize, what's important to you, what matters to you in your career what matters to you in your family how you spend your time like I feel like your values are so intrinsic to everything you do I think you can probably have like some values that maybe aren't too relevant to your partner and your life together that don't matter quite as much that are maybe more around like your career and maybe your personal life like For example, I'm trying to think of something. Maybe one of your values is like helping other people and that kind of comes across in your work. Whereas maybe your partner's value, that's not one of their values, but that doesn't really matter because that doesn't come into play so much in your relationship. But I think there are a lot of values that you kind of need to have pretty strong like together to get by in life and to understand one another and to know you want the same things and that you're going to prioritise the same things and yeah, I don't know. I think that's just how people work together. I think people get really confused in the difference of, well, because I get really confused all the time with this as well, with morals, values and ethics. I have to really think about this (laughs) to think of the difference in them. Okay, so your values are your core values in life, yeah? Your morals are like, what is morally right or wrong in your opinion for you to do and for you to live by and then your ethics are like for other people and what is ethical towards other people so like morally you might think I'm never gonna get an abortion but ethically you'll think but I'm still pro-choice because I respect that other people should have the choice to get an abortion do you see the difference or morally a lawyer may know that murdering someone is wrong but ethically they have to be able to defend their client because they're entitled to that anyway ethics morals values should you and your partner align with them all who knows I confuse myself when I talk about this to be honest I was about to start saying I think this and I think that and then I was like actually I'm just confusing myself so I'm not even going to delve into that (laughs) Okay, my last question on my Instagram story, we're going right back to what I said at the start when I said how you can ignore red flags at the start when you're in that lust situation, you're head over heels, you're blindsided and, you know, you choose to ignore the little red flags, the alarm bells may be ringing, but 
you've got your noise cancelling headphones on. So I asked you guys, in past relationships, have you ignored red flags or settled for less because you loved them? How did that work out for you? (laughs) So let's read some of your answers. Didn't see the red flags until it was over and in retrospect, they were so obvious. (laughs) Someone just said, not well, honey, not well. (laughs) Someone said, yes, it didn't, as in it didn't work out. Yes, I'm worked out terribly. Live and learn. LOL, yes. My ex genuinely would have picked a bag of gear over me and I went back three times. To make it worse, he also broke up with me over the phone from another room at a party whilst on cut, may I add. Then chased to get me back and then (laughs) bucked some bird behind my back, lol. Then blamed the whole thing on his mental health. Oh my god. (laughs) There's a lot to unpack. Dismissed so many red flags, ended up on antidepressants. Yes, and not good, constantly worried to say something in fear of it ending. Yes, I promise you it never ends well. Right, can we all just learn from these other people's mistakes and not do it ourselves? Came back to bite me in the arse. (laughs) Yes, ended with two broken hearts. Yes, and I've never regretted anything more in my life. Three years of abuse later and we're finally out of it. I'm really searching here for a story that isn't, that it ended up terribly. I'm clutching at straws to find one. There's too many responses. (laughs) And they all say yes and it ended badly. Uh, I swear there was one here somewhere. Hold on, let me find it. I don't want to end it on such a bleak note. I feel like we need a little bit of a happy ending. But also, I guess we can just take a lesson from this. Okay, here's the one I was thinking of. Didn't ignore, but forgave red flags for the first year and it was hell. Made me so depressed and gave me intense anxiety. I kept finding out things he lied about. Not cheating, not even big things. They just became massive because of all the lies. And then he realised and did a complete 180. And two years later is a completely different person and our relationship is amazing but it took a lot of work for both of us. Quick life story. (laughs) Thanks for your life story. Yeah I mean that's the anomaly in the hundreds of replies so let's just take it as a if you see red flags at the start they're never gonna go away. You can try and sit there and convince yourself as much as you want that they're gonna change for you or that the other things will outweigh these things but no if these things have come into your head they'll still be in your head one year two years down the line and to be honest if anything they'll be in your head more because it'll be more serious at that point and you'll be thinking do you know what this is actually a bit of an it wasn't an issue when this was just a bit of fun but now this is an issue because this is serious Okay, guys, I think I'm going to leave it there. I hope you all enjoyed this week's episode talking about dating, non-negotiables and red flags. If there's anything you would like me to discuss on the podcast, please just send me a wee message on Instagram and I will add it to the list. As always, thank you so, so much for all the love and support recently on the podcast. It really means the world to me. If you get a chance, please share it with your friends on your Instagram story or with whoever you want. And don't forget to leave me a little five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. I hope you all have an amazing week. I love you so much. I'll speak to you next week's episode. Bye.